for all of those who are listening, you can think to yourself, Hey, well, what's a set of skills or a business or what opportunity can I focus in on, get really, really good at to create that income, that wealth. And then how can I then go spread it around in order to make sure I can keep it and my family can keep it and all those good things can come from it. I'm Stephen Pesavento and welcome to the Name Your Number podcast presented by The Investor Mindset. As someone who comes from a challenging childhood, I've spent my life seeking financial security, personal growth, and ultimately freedom. The freedom to not wake up worried about the next paycheck, but rather with the confidence of knowing that my passive income pays my bills without the need to think about it. When you name your number that you'll earn passively, that creates your ultimate quality of life, then I believe you've achieved real freedom. Welcome to my show. It's time to name your number. Today I have JR Butler in the studio. How you doing, JR? Great, Stephen. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to dive into your story, JR, because, you know, former athlete, former military, you're a guy who is on the grind and you're helping other people take those same character skills and apply them into the sales space. We'll talk a little bit about that, but before we get into anything on what you're doing today, let's start off by what was, what did you name first? What was one of the first targets that you really set after that you can remember back on to thinking, Hey, this is a different path than most people are taking. I would say, I mean, it started young, man. I, I wanted to be a division one ice hockey player. That was the first goal I've ever had in my entire life. And I spent, you know, 22 years pursuing it and achieving it. Um, and you know, there's a lot of obviously hockey players that have that goal, but it's not a common goal for, you know, everybody by any means. Yeah. Especially if you're not Canadian, it's not your, it's not everybody's dream from day one, but uh, what do you feel like it took and what do you feel like you, you learn from committing to a goal like that where, you know, it takes a lot of effort, takes a lot of energy, takes a lot of sacrifice. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, my, my biggest lessons from growing up in, in that world and with that focus is, discipline and consistency, I would say, um, no matter what, right? Like you're going to have bad days. You're going to have bad losses. Um, you're, there's going to be stuff that you can't control that goes wrong. Um, but if you have the discipline to continue to do the things that are going to get you to your goal and the consistency to do those things every single day, no matter what, um, that's critical, right? Like we, we hear a lot about, motivation. And I, you know, I think motivation is important, but motivation isn't, you know, discipline eats motivation for breakfast. Um, because I, I don't know about you. I don't wake up every day motivated. Um, you know, we got bad days, but if I, but if I have the discipline and I know what I need to do, then I'm going to get it done and I'm going to get it done every day. And that's the only way I think you can achieve any big goal that you have in your life. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Motivation gets you up, but discipline keeps you going. Discipline is that habit that every single day you're going to do the thing, no matter if you want to do it or not. What What do you recommend to those people? Because you know, I know when you're recruiting and you're training, you're working with athletes, you're working with ex-military, you're working with folks who have already built that habit of discipline, so that you're able to then layer on a set of skills that is going to allow them to be successful and help that business be successful. But what do you recommend to those people who feel like 
you know, maybe they weren't athletes, they weren't military, they don't have that skill, that habit built. What do you recommend to those people to start laying that foundation for discipline? I think like anything, right? You want to break up a bigger goal into littler goals, right? So like pick a, pick a habit that you're struggling with. Uh, it can either be a bad habit or a, a good habit that you want to develop and just focus on that one specific thing and, and do it every single day. And, you know, the, a discipline, I think discipline is a muscle that you have to develop like anything else. So you start with something small, get used to doing it every single day. And then you layer on to that. Right. And there's all always like tips and tricks around how you develop that good habit. It could be rewarding yourself. It could be, you know, putting it around something that you're already doing like those types of things. But I think you've got to pick one small thing that you want to do every day and do it every day. And then it's easier and easier to layer on other things that you want to be disciplined about. And eventually discipline becomes a habit, which is, what you need to develop any other habit. Right. So I think it's like anything else. Perfect practice makes perfect. Yeah. And I feel like it's different for different people, but for me personally, when it comes to discipline, I'm much better at just saying, no, I'm no longer doing that. I'm not going to eat this kind of food. I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to do any of these things because for me, I'm either an on or an off person. What, what have you found for yourself has, uh, as far as your personality and what you see, within a lot of very successful athletes and veterans. You're going to love this. I'm um, the same way. I, I have a tattoo on my rib cage. It says how you do anything is how you do everything. Right. Um, in the words of my mom, who's a, a Massachusetts uh, woman, you know, J.I., you don't have a demo. Right. Meaning like I'm on or off. <laughs> right. Um, so for me, I'm the same exact way. Like if, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it 110 percent. Um, I've been sober for 11 years uh, and uh, I got that tattoo when I had one year of sobriety. And for me, it's a reminder that I see every single day uh, that reminds me that I need to pick the stuff I do carefully because I'm going to like I'm addicted to my environment. Right. So yeah. like whatever I do, I'm going to do like overdue. Right. A lot. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, and, and, and by the way, like most successful people are that way. Um, so they have to, you have to pick your habits, who you spend time with, how you spend your time very, very carefully, because you're probably going to overdo that thing um, pretty consistently. Um, so I'm the exact same way. And, and I, 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 I built in a reminder for myself to 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 make sure that I don't pick up the wrong things. It's a superpower, really. I mean, being addicted to the right things is the key. You know, choosing those things are going to help push you forward, make you happier, healthier, better, have better relationships. It's choosing to do those things over choosing to spend Friday, Saturday, Thursday nights doing things that aren't going to help support you on your goals. And you don't really realize until you step out of those habits and step into a different environment, how much those things are truly impacting you. Totally, totally. A hundred percent. You've got to, you've got to be able to have that introspection to really understand what, what, what you're, what you're overdoing and, and if it's the right thing to be overdoing. Yeah, that's so true. So you're a guy, you've had some success, 
you've been in sales for many years, you've played different roles, you've gone off, you started your own company, you've been bringing people together, kind of sharing these ideas, these strategies, helping people kind of take their life to another level. What is the life that, that you're dreaming of creating? What does that look like? What, what, what's important to you? How do you want to spend time with, with your loved ones? What, what is this all for? I think, um, listen, at the end of the day, right, it's you, you, you want to have the freedom to do what you want. And, and really what you're asking me is what do I want to do? I want to help people um, that are struggling with the same things that I've struggled with in my life, right? Um, that's why we focus on the transition out of athletics and out of the military. Um, I struggled with the transition out of the athlete, out of athletics. I've got family members. Um, and, and, and very close friends that have struggled with the transition out of military. It's very similar. Um, and I also, as a sales leader for 15 years, struggled with building like really talented teams that could execute. Um, so, so my vision is, is building an organization and company that can help these folks, uh, you know, either transition or find the right people. Um, from a family perspective, I'm a, I'm a new dad four months into it. Mm. Um, and I want, you know, my son to, to get some of the same great lessons that we give to the people we work with, right? Like your number, the number one, most important thing in life to have is a purpose. Um, and mm. if you have a purpose, then you can get dialed in around that purpose. And that's really like, you know, obviously I was a hockey player. I have brothers that were hockey players. My dad's a hall of fame hockey coach. I would love for my son to be a hockey player, but if he chooses something else, I don't care as long as he is dialed in the way I was to the, to my purpose. And same thing with careers, right? If he wants to be a teacher, I want him to want to be the best teacher in the entire world. So that's really my, my dream is that I can share with people the ability to find a purpose and get dialed in around that purpose. That's like, if I could wave a magic wand, that's what my life's going to look like in 10, 15 years. Um, obviously I want to be present for my family and you know, all those, those things are really important. Um, and, and a lot of that is, is about building, <laughs> building a really successful business um, as a leader so that I can be uh, present and, 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 you know, um, affect as many people as I possibly can. It it's such an important thing. Purpose leads to fulfillment. Purpose leads to happiness. Purpose leads to having that motivation and get up. Purpose leads to being able to create the discipline to be able to go and do those things. Yet when I go out into the world and I, if I step into a room of business owners and I ask them, do you love what you do? Do you have a purpose in your life? Many of them say yes. Many of them are very clear on what they're doing and why they're doing it. And they love what they do. Yet when I step out into the average normal world and I talk to regular people, it's rare that people are really clear. A lot of people are floating through life. And I personally believe one of the reasons that so many people are unhappy or depressed or dealing with mental illness and unhappiness is because they don't have that purpose. They're not clear what they're here for. And they feel like they're just going through the motions. So what do you recommend to people who are trying to get clear on their purpose so they can really get on that path towards creating a great life. I think it, number one, it starts with introspection and developing self-awareness, right? Um, 
people don't want to hear this, but but there are trade-offs that you have to make, right? And you have to decide where you're going to make those trade-offs. Everybody wants to be a millionaire. Not everybody wants to do what it takes to be a millionaire. Um, and that's okay, right? If, if, if work-life balance, living in a certain place, if those things are your priorities, you need to determine that those are your priorities and you need to be okay letting other areas fall off, right? Um, and I think understanding where you fall on the values perspective of like what your life looks like, if it's where you live, how much you work, how much money you make, that's the first thing you need to understand, right? Um, and you also need to understand what your strengths are and what your gaps are as a, as a person. Um, you know, I think obviously, you know, if you have a growth mindset, you believe you can, you can become good at anything. And I, and I, and I think that's true, but there are also like, behavioral and personality things that you're just never going to change. And I think it's pretty important to understand what those things are for you. Um, so that's like where it all starts is, is understanding what your life, what you want your life to look like and what, what tool, what tool set do you have to go get that? Um, and then it's about like putting a plan together, right. And executing that plan. Um, and then, you know, once you have that, that that's your, and that, should guide your purpose. Right. Um, the one thing I'll, I'll say that I think people get confused about is there is a difference between purpose and passion. Um, and it's, it's like the fallacy of young people sometimes. And it's, and it's older people's faults because older people tell people to follow their passion. And I don't believe in that. I believe, I don't believe you follow your passion. I believe you work for it. I was a sociology major with a minor in art history and sign language and didn't own a computer. And then I spent 16, 16 years selling very complex IT solutions to the biggest companies in the world. And I was super passionate about it. I did not stand up in front of seventh grade and say, I cannot wait to be an IT salesperson someday. Yeah. I know guys and girls that work in insurance sales that work in, you know, whatever industry, melting iron ore, I don't care. They're not, they're not passionate about it uh, or they're not, they, they didn't get into it because they were passionate about it. They had a purpose that they wanted to achieve. They realized that this was a, this was a vertical that they could achieve it in. And that's how they developed the passion for it. Right. So that's a big, really important delineation between purpose and passion that I don't think is really understood for folks that are early in their career and their lives. Yeah, it's it really is misunderstood because there is something about being passionate about your work. Yet oftentimes when you get really good at something and you find the right audience, the right customer base, the right product, when you're really good at something and then you find something that you do actually care about, you get passionate about it because you start seeing what the results can be. I know for me, when it comes to you know running a real estate firm, running funds, helping people be able to make those investments. I'm not passionate about, about uh, funds. I'm not passionate about running numbers and doing all this analytical stuff, but I'm super passionate about what it can do for people. I'm super passionate about what happens when somebody starts to take ownership and control of their life, when they get clear on what their purpose and vision is, when they understand and name their number about what they actually need to live and, and go through the process of creating a plan, like, that's exciting, but you only really get to that point 
of finding that passion by being on the journey and taking those steps. And so oftentimes people are staying still, staying put in what they're doing because they're looking for that passion instead of getting really, really good at something and then letting those pieces come together. It's, it's so true. And you hit the nail on the head. You get passionate about the stuff you're good at. You get good at stuff by, by practicing, right? Like, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's not one and then the other it's, it's, it's first it's practice. Then the passion comes with achievement and, and mastering, right? It, that's an awesome way to put it. When it comes to, when it comes to the folks that you're working with, I know one of the reasons you've chosen to work with athletes, to work with veterans, it's because you have a personal connection. But I know another reason is because when you want to build an A team, when you want to bring the best people together, character and already having that determination, that grit, that discipline is so key because you can layer on those skills on top of it. What should somebody who's listening, who wants to step in and become the best at what they do, and really build those skills and put in that effort and that work, what should they do? Where should they start? And what should be the thing that they think about every single day as they're on that path? So the term that I use a lot is I, I call it, you know, being dialed in. Right. Um, and it's, and it's, if you played sports uh, or you served in the military, I don't have to explain what that means to you. Um some people you do, right? And and that's like kind of step one is like, what does it mean to be dialed in? It means that you have a purpose, you have a plan, and you're doing whatever it takes to achieve that plan. So I think for somebody that wants to be excellent at anything, you have to figure out what being dialed in looks like for you as an individual, right? How, how does that mean that you spend your day? How, what time do you wake up? When do you go to bed? And what are you doing between those two activities? Um, and I think if if you can't, and, and you said some of the reasons we focus on athletes and veterans, but that's the number one reason is I don't need to explain to them what being dialed in means. Um, and to be excellent at anything, you've got to be dialed in. My, my father, I mentioned, was a hockey coach. He used to say to us when we were little, like I'm talking seven, eight years old, um, he used to say, there's a lot of people that play hockey. There's not a lot of hockey players. And there's a difference there, right? Mm. The hockey players live, breathe, sleep hockey. And that's what they, that's when they make a decision, whatever that decision is, that context of, of, of that identity is how they make that decision. I'm not going to this party on Friday night. I'm not getting in this car. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to that this weekend. Right. So I think it comes down to like figuring out, you know, starting where we talked about earlier and then figuring out what it takes to be there and being dialed into it every single day. That's how you can become excellent. I don't care what you want to do, but you should want to really be excellent at whatever it is you decide. Yeah. A healthy obsession really does go far. And athletes have developed that. That's the reason they were successful in the first place. Totally. So, you know, when I, I, I'm like you, I love really going deep into things. I love getting obsessed. I love grinding. I want to create something that's really impactful. And then during the pandemic, I sold my house. I went out, was living in Hawaii because, you know, I found a back door and it was, unbelievably affordable because nobody else was on the Island, but I met this gentleman and he was retired. He was a, 
a builder and uh, he owned the Airbnb that we were, we were living in. And he told me, he asked me this question because he saw how hard I was grinding. He said, well, what's your number? What's that point that it's going to be enough? And I, it really hit me. It really hit me from this point of, you know, I'm in a business where the purpose of the business is to make money, right? We buy real estate, we grow the value, we create a return for investors. So at the, at the core of it, there's kind of an unlimited potential that can grow within this business. But when he asked me that, it really hit me because although I have set those numbers, I've ignored every time I've hit it and I haven't really celebrated. I've just gone after the next thing. So I ask you this, what's your number, the point at which you've made it that you don't have to work again. And what's less important is your actual number. If you want to share it here and you want to talk about those numbers publicly, I'd love to hear it. But what comes up for you when I ask you that, um, when I ask you that question, what's your number? It's funny. So the first thing that comes up to, to me is like, if, if, if right now, if I was at my number and I'll tell you my number, I don't care. But if I was already at that number, I don't think I would really change what I'm doing on a day-to-day -day mm. basis. I think I would do this exact same thing. I'd probably hire more people to help me do it, <laughs> um, yeah. but I would be doing exactly what I'm doing right now. So, which is cool, right? There's a, not a lot of people that can say that. Um, but my number though, to like, to like really kind of like, you know, stop. I, I, I would love to go and uh, and try to get on the senior tour for the PGA someday. I'm horrible. <laughs> I just started golfing when I got sober when I was like 27, so I'm not very good. Um, so yeah. I would really have to. I'd have to dial in uh, to 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 make this happen by the time I turn 55. But if, for me to go down that path, right, um, I, my number is 100 million dollars. That's what I want. Yeah. Um, that's the number where you know, I, I can kind of go focus on, I'd probably still do a lot of the same stuff I do in terms of getting in front of athletes and veterans and talking about how to successfully make a transition. Um, but a hundred million gets me, gets me on the putting green and the driving course, uh, the driving range a lot more than I am right now. I love that. I appreciate the openness because I think it's really powerful to be able to unpack that. What does a hundred million do for you? Um, what, for me, it's why like, hundred it, million. Yeah. For me, it's a couple things. One is like the generational impact it would have mm. on, you know, not me so much and not even like my son or my kids, um, but their kids and their kids, kids, um, that I've, 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 you know, was fortunate to, to, because of hockey, go to some, you know, elite boarding school, uh, with a lot of like people with generational wealth, um, and I think that's a, that's a pretty like amazing impact you can have. Um, so that's number one. Number two is like, you know, socially being able to have an impact on, you know, candidly uh, stuff that you never, I never really thought of as being important before COVID, but you know, the government and policy and things like that. Like when you have that type of money, you can, you can really affect the way the world works. Um, and if you don't think the world's working the way that, that it should, um, I think that's a number that, that you can impact that. And, and, and I would love someday to have that type of impact. Um, so that's kind of where that number landed from was the, the generational impact it can have and the social impact it can have. And not to say you can't do it at a smaller number, but I think you really move the needle 
at a hundred million dollars. Right. Um, and you can kind of do what you want to do, even if a lot of people that are loud about their opinions disagree with you. Um, and, and, and I think that that's one of the problems we have today is those are the type of people that are making decisions and, and, and they're not always the people we agree with. And I'm, I'm not picking a side here. I'm just like, I'm just saying like, I th- it's, all, I think it's, a, I think ahead. having that type of wealth is extremely defensible because yes. it's way more money than you actually need to live, but you can live essentially whatever level of life you want. You can do the right. yachts, you can do the jets, you can do anything in between. What I'm curious about to unpack this a little bit further is how much would you need every single month to kind of live unlimited with all the things that you're dreaming about, you're giving, you're buying back your time, you're buying those experiences. Is that 20,000 a month? Is that 50,000 a month? What would you need for your family to live that life? Not a lot, probably, you know, a hundred, hundred thousand dollars a month, I think would be, would be like, put us in a, put me in a place where I'm like very, very comfortable and still, you know, have, have budget left over to, to, to have the impact that I would want to have socially. What's so cool. What's so cool just to recognize is that if you need a hundred thousand dollars a month and you're going to make that money come in passively from your investments, you're retired, you probably still own your business and it's operating because you got some people in it, but with, $12 $12 million invested at 10%, you can be making $100,000 a month on those. And so it it's fascinating because it doesn't actually take, it doesn't actually take as much as we think it takes in order to get and create the life that we want to create. Yet by going for that $100 million number, you've got something that's so high, that's so high up there that even if you fail and only make 10% of that, you're still creating an unbelievable life. That's right. That's right. When, when you look at what's next for you on the path to getting there, how is investing going to play a role? How is growing your business going to play a role? And what other factors are going to go into helping you create that? Yeah, I think like number one, uh, number one opportunity for me to, to get there is, is creating enterprise value in, in my organization, right. Um, yeah. creating a, a sustainable, profitable, efficient business that can continue to scale the way we have, um, you know, a couple years in, um, and then, you know, getting to the point where you have that, that outcome, whether that's an IPO or a, an acquisition, whatever it happens to be. Um, number two is, is, you know, the money that you do take out of the business on a monthly quarterly basis, like you said, putting that money to work, right? I, I, my father on top of coaching is a mortgage broker and my mother, uh, was a hairdresser, but got into real estate. Um, so renting is a, um, is a four letter word in my household. (laughs) And we, I've fortunately done a good job of making some good real estate investments that are already passively creating an income for me. And then I've also put money into the market to work for me as well. Right. So like, and, and if you look at that, right, you're talking about building an organization, um, leveraging real estate and leveraging the market, right? Like that you can't just do one. uh, I don't think because then you're over leveraged and you're not diversified. So that's always been a big belief for me is like, you need to kind of, you need to kind of be thinking about all all of those things, um, along with obviously saving too, right? Just in case. Um, 
So for me, that's really what it looks like is like, you know, making the right decisions across those three areas. And, and, and that number isn't that crazy when you actually look at the opportunity that we're going after um, the areas where we're, you're, you're investing in real estate and the way the market grows. Um, I think it's a real, very real opportunity. Well, there's something I want to unpack in or more so just highlight in what you shared, because I think the audience, many people may overlook it. There's something really powerful about consolidation, right? You're building a business. That business is going to grow in value exponentially based on hitting different metrics and being able to exit either IPO or private equity or whatever that buyout ends up looking like. That's where the biggest wealth is created by consolidating into a strategy that you can understand that you're comfortable with in order to grow that wealth. And then by diversifying it in order to keep it right. And so for all of those who are listening, you can think to yourself, Hey, well, what's a set of skills or a business or what opportunity can I focus in on, get really, really good at to create that income, that wealth, And then how can I then go spread it around in order to make sure I can keep it? My family can keep it and all those good things can come from it. hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. And it goes back to what we started with discipline and focus, right? Yeah. There's so much more that I'd love to unpack with you, JR, but we've got one last question for today's interview before I get there. Why don't you share with the audience how they can follow along with what you're doing with shift or follow you on social media? Yeah, of course. Um, I'm a good follow on LinkedIn. I, I, I tend to, uh, speak my, speak my mind pretty openly. Um, especially now that nobody can fire me. So I I'd say, shoot me a follow on LinkedIn, just J.R. Butler, uh, website for our company shiftgroup.io, And we're at shift athlete on all the social platforms. Um, and we're a good, we're a good follow. We put up some really, really cool content with some great, former athletes, veterans, and and folks that, that have had success in our program. And they get to hear me talk a little bit more as well. Yeah. If you're listening and you have former athletes in your family or friends or uh, retired military, this could be a great, a great next step for them in their life to really be able to grow. So definitely check out shift group. So we'll wrap on this, JR. Tell me, you know, a lot of the audience is listening They want to take that next step. They want to build the discipline. They want to get to that point where they're financially free, where they've got that passion that they've built because they know their purpose, but they're afraid. They're fearful. They, they know they need to take that next step, but they haven't. What advice do you have for them? Get over yourself. Um, It's, it comes down to your ego. Like you're afraid because you're afraid of what other people are going to think of you when you fail, nobody cares. <laughs> mm. Mm. Um, this is a sobriety lesson for me, right? Like, you know, a lot of the things that you have to get over when you, when you stop using drugs and alcohol is, is what you think your friends are going to think of you because you're not drinking. And I realized somewhat early on in my sobriety that nobody cares what's in my cup. And, and that's kind of the, that's like the line, right? Nobody cares what's in your cup. Like you, you, you know, get over yourself and go for it. Like nobody's going to judge you if you fail, except for yourself. So stop thinking that people care about what you're doing. They don't like, and, and that also should help you motivate yourself because you're the only person that cares full stop. Right. Um, that would be my biggest piece of advice is get over yourself. 
And there's nothing more freeing than being able to do that. Well, JR, thanks so much for joining us for this episode. Thanks to all the listeners for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Today's episode is sponsored by Von Finch Capital. If you're interested in investing alongside me in the same type of real estate opportunities that I personally invest in, then head over to Von Finch Capital and join their private investor network. You can do so at vonfinch.com slash invest. Join me on that next deal. And I look forward to seeing you on the inside. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend. Head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insider Club, where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level. Hey, this is Steven again. Just one more thing before you take off, and that is the Insider's Newsletter. Would you enjoy getting a single email every week with some of my favorite things, including tips and strategies on how to get the most out of your life and your investments? Basically, what it is is some of the coolest things that I've discovered or am pondering when it comes to life, investing, and business delivered in a short email every week to your inbox. Easy to sign up for, easy to cancel. If you'd like to try it out, type into your browser, investormindset.com newsletter to get started, and you'll get the very next one.